Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? I hope you're having a fabulous day so far. I know it's early, but, you know, I feel so good today. And I think I'm going to do something special for myself, treat myself, maybe do a little pampering for myself today. I hope you're going to be able to do that as well. I hope today brings you such joy. I hope today... It's one of those days where you say, wow, that really happened. Or, gosh, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I talked to that person. I'm so glad that I took the time out to spend a little more time with my daughter or my son or my mom or my dad or my aunt or my uncle, my cousin. Boy, I'm so glad I heard from my friend. Boy, I'm so glad I sat down and I just jotted a little note to say hello and to thank you and let them know that I appreciate them. I hope it's that kind of day for you. And I also hope while you are expressing your gratefulness and your thankfulness and yet you're providing kindness, that somebody is kind to you, that somebody provides you with that compassion and that love that you need and you deserve because you are a wonderful person. Yeah, we all have our off days, sure. I do, I know. At least I feel like I do. Are you always positive? Eh, I try to be. I try to look on the bright side of things. I try to look out and see the world through rose-colored glasses sometimes. Uh, But I try to keep my eye on the ball, keep my eye on the prize, keep moving forward, not let those negative things get me down. Because it's very easy to do that. It's easy to slip into those kinds of of quandaries it's easy to beat yourself up in fact I had a I had been having a pity party I must tell you been feeling sorry for myself oh poor me oh I'm so poor I don't know what I'm going to do oh I'm just going to lay here and watch TV oh watch the court shows or I'll watch my soap operas and Oh, I know I should be doing A, B, C, and D, but oh, I'm just going to lay here. Oh, I'll get up in a minute. A minute becomes five minutes. Five minutes becomes 30 minutes. 30 minutes becomes an hour, two hours. Oh, I guess I should eat something. Oh, poor me. Nobody can go get it for me. Huh. (laughs) I was having a horrible pity party. And then I got a call from my executive producer, Camille Nash. And Camille said, hey, is something wrong? And of course, I couldn't tell her I was having a pity party. (laughs) I had too much pride to say, I am sitting here feeling sorry about myself. And why am I feeling sorry for myself? I have nothing to feel sorry for myself for. I live in a wonderful place, the sunshine and It's not snowing outside. For all you who love snow, God bless you. But I like to look at it from afar, like on a postcard or in in a movie. But I love 
uh, being in a state where we basically have, you know, one. Yeah, I believe we have one season and it's sun because <laughs> it's sunny all the time. Um, you know, I live, I live in a, a safe area. I've got my health is good. You know, I'm able to pay my bills. You know, I can eat food. You know, what do I have to be feeling sorry about? Gosh, I don't know. So I had to stop that, pick myself up, as you say, and get on with it. <laughs> get on with it. So that's what we're going to do now. So you know, I've been listening to the news a lot lately in my pity party state. <laughs> and um, uh, one of the things that noticed me or that I noticed pretty much a lot of is, is how, or started to look at, I should say, how we utilize words. And how important words are to us. You know, when I listen to, uh, particularly these last few days, we've been talking about, on the news anyway, about one of the politicians who um, didn't appear to understand um, the concept or the connotation behind the word boy uh, when referring to... Um, um, African Americans, uh, and not that he called somebody a boy, but that he was talking about a um, uh, someone who was racist who didn't call him a boy, but called referred to him as son. And they were talking about how hurtful that was. And I began thinking about wow, words are probably some of the most powerful things that we have and that we use. And sometimes we are so frivolous in terms of how we use them and and what we do that we don't think of the connotations that they have around them. Sometimes we just say things that come out of our mouths and, and, and don't consider how they impact or how they may um, make someone else feel in that vein. And as I started thinking about that, I started trying to look up and find research on words and the power of words and uh, what words mean and where do they get their meaning from. And and I found a lot of, of you know, interesting articles and uh, things that I've, some of them I'm going to share with you uh, today. But... Uh, as I as I started getting in, started looking into that, I thought, "Wow, words have probably more impact and more meaning today than they probably have in a long time." And some of that has to do with our history and how we've grown up and our experiences in terms of how we utilize words, what they mean. And one word can mean one thing one place, one word can mean something else somewhere else. Uh, and and so uh, that's why I want to talk about today uh, words and the power of words. You know, they do have meaning. Uh, we use them every day. Um, there are no words that don't have meaning. Yeah. Every word has a meaning or a context that's associated with it. Uh, some mean only one thing 
you know, some mean more than one thing as you talk about them. When you think of the word, for example, if I think of the word run, that could be somebody physically running. That could be action that's going on by a particular machine or a device. That could be the longevity of, let's say, a play. So some words have multiple meanings. Some words have different, uh, I said different and multiple meanings, and they do affect our reality. However, they do not change our reality, but they can change how we perceive things or how we perceive that reality. You know, consider this. Let's say you were talking to your friend and and uh, your friend uh, is telling you about an individual who they've been, that they work with, let's say, this is somebody that they work with. And they describe a friend to you and they tell you how tall they are or how short. And, uh, maybe they're slim or maybe they're, they're not so slim. Uh, maybe, they, um, uh, maybe they have long hair or short hair, male or female. But as they begin talking about them, they describe to you incidences and things about them. And they may even say, this person is kind of tricky. You know, I learned I have to watch this person. And you know, I don't really trust this person. It's hard to trust what they say because da-da-da-da-da. Or, you know, I try asked this person to do something and they didn't do it. So I don't know how trustworthy they are. Or, you know, this person told me this and I found out it was untrue. Or this person said this and I don't believe it. And uh, I think they're telling us lies. Well, and so a perception in our head begins to build, right? You know, think about how would you perceive someone with that description, you know, how would you relate? What does that tell you to do? Now, for me, my spotty senses would go up and I would think, hmm, one, I would like to maybe be interested in meeting this person, but two, I don't know that I want to be that close to this person because I don't know what kind of person this is. And based on the words, I'm not sure this is the kind of person that I really want to to be too familiar with. You know, I may want to know them because you've described them to me and you've told them about me. So I have a visual picture. But based on that description, how I would relate to that person would probably be different than if I had never heard about them before. You see, words can create a filter. or what is also called a primacy effect. And so those of you who may not know what that is, a primacy effect is information that uh, is given to you at the beginning that usually has a longer lasting effect. Um, So if I first or initially hear about you and my initial discussion or... um, talk about you, or I should say talk about what I initially learned about you is negative, 
that tends to have a uh, more, um, uh, that, excuse me, that tends to be more easily remembered than it would normally be. That's the primacy of that. And so as I'm meeting you or as I'm, I, I'm introduced to you, I begin or I remember how you were described. And based on that, I may relate to you differently than I, I would if I had not had that filter given to me earlier on. We're going to talk more about words and their power when we come back from the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show hey welcome back so uh, again about the primacy effect effect uh, if if your friend or a trusted colleague describes someone or something as tricky or untrustworthy or as a liar, you will remember that and your interaction with that individual will be colored by that information uh, as you move forward. Uh, I can remember, in fact, uh, I want to say most recently a time when a friend talked to me about someone that they were that they worked with, um, and and not worked with uh, on a daily basis, but worked in that committee with, and and you may have those individuals that you work in the committee with that maybe you don't necessarily get along with, but you know, um, but they have certain character traits that maybe annoy you, and this particular person, uh, to my friend, described as you know was needy. Um, uh, they always wanted something, always wanted you to do something for them, that they couldn't do anything for themselves, that they were always fake. 
Um, and when I say fake, I mean that they weren't their uh, authentic selves. They were pretending to be something that maybe they weren't or they're not. Um, that, um, uh, you know, that they were argumentative. Um, and also um, very prideful or very full of themselves. I thought a whole lot of themselves and didn't seem to think a lot about anybody else. or even cared about anybody else's time. And so, so as she's telling me about this, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go see her, and, and we're going to an event where this person is going to be. I'm wondering, wow, how am I going to relate to this person? Now, my curiosity, I'm, I'm pretty curious most of the time, um, you know, uh, got in my head, I kept thinking, well, I wonder what this person looks like. Cause she, I mean, while she described what she saw as uh, their character traits or personality traits, um, she didn't necessarily describe to me the individual in terms of how they looked. And so in my head, I'm drawing this picture of uh, a woman. I'm thinking of, uh, I don't know if you guys ever remember uh, was it Three's Company that had Mrs. Kravitz? Um, and uh, she's a very endearing character, but she has some very annoying, I found, qualities. Um, and so I'm having in my head a, a Mrs. Kravitz type uh, person. And uh, when, because of the stories that my friend had been telling me about her, I mean, because she had provided, you know, very uh, colorful, detailed stories, sound bites of things that uh, the person has said, you know, some very vivid descriptions um, of of what was going on and people's reactions. So those things were implanted in my memory. So when we went to this event and I had an opportunity to meet this person, I already in my mind knew who she was because my friend and my longtime friend, I've been friends with this person for years, had told me about this person. So I had all of that colored in my mind and who I was meeting. So as she walked up to greet me, she didn't look anything like the Mrs. Kravis <laughs> that I had uh, had in my head. I mean, she looked very gentle, very nice. She gave me a nice, warm greeting, welcomed me uh, into the event. You know, went to shook my hand, wanted to do a hug. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, would say that I tried to greet her in the same manner, but in the back of my head was playing that filter that my friend had provided about the individual. Um, and so I was probably not quite as warm as she was and probably a little cautious, particularly in my words. So when, when you know, when they asked, well, what do you do or who are you? You know, so it may be held back more than what I normally would uh, with someone uh, who had been described uh, in such a manner to me. And so 
I began, I had put her, I should say, I had put her in a pool of people that I had been familiar with or that I had knew, known, or for that matter, that I maybe even had seen on TV that kind of fit that description or heard about in the radio or in a magazine or a book that I had read. You know, so I had this picture of this person and how they're going to react and, and what they're going to do. And if I'm not going to let them, you know, betray me, I'm not going to do that. You know, that negative filter was there. Now, the thing about filters are that while they're difficult to get rid of, they are not impossible to get rid of. All it takes is to continue to interact with an individual and those filters not be seen or that they aren't shown or you don't see them. The things that that your friend experienced, you're not experiencing, you're not seeing. And those filters you can begin, begin to be erased or those negative filters will begin to be erased and replaced by more positive filters. So think about that. Consider all the negative information that you hear or are bombarded with each day about people, about places uh, that uh, you're unfamiliar with or you don't know. You know, and I think about, you know, groups of people that I may hear things. What and as I was doing this, what came to one thing that came to mind for me was when um, uh, when um, the, uh, the company Toyota came in um, and to the United States to build their manufacturing facility. One of the things that I remembered hearing about on uh, the news was that. Uh, they had a negative perception of black people uh, because what they were seeing were uh, old movies uh, and uh, having old material or uh, a history that was written that perhaps was not true, that painted uh, black people or African-American people in a negative light. And so consequently, they didn't have a very high opinion of black people. And that kind of blew up, at least where I was living at the time, that kind of blew up pretty big uh, and almost threatened, I think, uh, uh, probably not too much, but um, their successful uh, integration into, um, into the United States. And when I think about that, Again, negative filters, okay? You know, if you don't know something or you've never met someone like like the individual that you're now meeting, you come to that meeting with certain baggage, certain filters that you've gotten, certain words that have been identified with that individual. This kind of comes back around to when you think about... Um, uh, the current situation relative to the politician and the word boy. You know, when we when we talk about slavery, 
there was a very negative perception that was built up over time around black people who uh, traditionally were brought here uh, unwillingly uh, from Africa to uh, help the farmers, uh, particularly in the South, pick cotton um, or um, other menial labor positions, jobs, etc. And so as what happens with most foreigners, I don't say most, but a lot of foreigners who come into this country, if they don't speak English, then they are sometimes considered not as intelligent, not as smart as the English-speaking population. Um, we don't necessarily trust what they have to say. We don't necessarily believe that they can do anything more than something menial um, because they are different, because they don't talk like we do, or they don't walk like we do, or their manners, etc., are different. And so we use words to describe them that are demeaning. And we can say, oh, we don't mean to, but you know, this is why we have to be mindful of what words we're using or how we're just talking about people um, and making assumptions about groups of people based upon false perceptions, as we call it today, mm -hmm. fake news. So there's a lot of fake news written about um, now African-American people. Uh, that it is taking a very long time to remove that filter. And so one of the things that came out of that era, that slavery era, that civil rights era, was that you would find, particularly in the South, that black men were called boys. And that is insulting. It was insulting. Because it wasn't meant in a positive tone or, or in a collegiate. It was meant to demean them, to say that they were less than a man. And so it, it just goes back to the importance of understanding what the words are using, the words we're using, and how they could have impact on a people, on a society, on a community for many, many years. We'll talk more about words and their power when we come back from break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's time for you to take a sweet and honest look at your life. Tune into Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Each week, Nikki invites you to call into the program where she will connect with each listener to show the power of God's love in every unique instance. There are gracious gifts and elements of power within each one of us. You just need to discover them and find your life's purpose. Live healthier and happier. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the Inside Out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hi, welcome back. Talking about words and the power uh, of words. And uh, so, as I was saying, filters can last a long time. It may take a long time to eliminate those filters. And, you know, we're a young country, so we've got a lot of baggage that we have built or filters that we have put on people, places, things that we really need to work to eliminate and get rid of. And I was talking about it as it related to African Americans uh, and uh, some of the filters that have been placed there. And we talked about the word boy. Uh, we can also talk about uh, uh, how they were described as uh, sex-hungry people who, particularly the men, you know, are, were just, you know, big mandingo bucks or, you know, always wanted to, you know, go after our, you know, sweet, genteel white women. And, uh, and the and the women were just the African American women were perceived as you know just a baby making machines, and that we could definitely take care of uh, other people's children, not worried about us. And so, so those filters and those become, in some contexts, blind spots to reality. And some people can't take their perceptions. I had a boss who always used to say, you know, perception is reality. Perception is reality. Uh, Well, perception may be reality, but my reality may not be true. Okay, your reality may be based on lies, and therefore your reality may be coded with or or colored with things that aren't true. Um, as was uh, relative to African-Americans. So we're just recently beginning to see more and more positive images uh, in every walks of life of with African-Americans and, and other people of color 
uh, as well. Uh, and I also think about it, you know, in terms of of uh, other countries and, you know, what their stereotypes or their populations are. You know, when I think of France, I think of always hearing about how rude French people are and how you must speak French or they won't speak to you at all. Um, uh, or, you know, you think of um, similar things in terms of, of China, you know, how uh, there are so many people in China that they, you know, they're all cramped. They just don't care. Uh, they may be very humble people. Um, they won't say it. They will, you know, they try to help you, but they, they just don't speak uh, the language. So, you know, you have to adapt to their culture and adapt to their customs. And um, um, people describe them as everybody in the country, you know, knows uh, karate or <laughs> or um, everybody is a Buddhist or everybody, you know. So there's all those filters that we put around people that give people perceptions that that may be negative, maybe negative percept, negative filters. Um, but we also hear uh, the positive filters as well. But anymore, particularly in our news, I and mean, I don't know what's going on totally in our society, and I don't profess to, but I'm hearing more and more of the negative filters creeping in and the negative words creeping in about people, places, things. You know, being an immigrant uh, in this country uh, used to be a good thing, but lately it feels like to a lot of immigrants that is not such a good thing, particularly if you're an immigrant from uh, South America coming into this country, Uh, particularly if whether you came in legally or illegally, uh, people are afraid. Um, And again, it's based upon some of it a lot on some false narratives that are being put out there, words that are being used to describe people uh, coming into into the country, uh, or immigrants, I should say, who are coming into the country. And the, for me, the funny thing is that the only people who were native to America are the Native Americans. <laughs> And even the Native Americans were given filters. The words were used uh, negatively about Native Americans um, that put them in a different light. You know, you know, why did we, quote unquote, place them on reservations? This was their country. It wasn't ours. But what was that superiority that we felt that we needed to control or capture or regulate these people to a small portion of land that we decided how they would live. We decided where they would live. We decided what they would learn or not learn. Um, So I think we have to watch the words that we use to create particularly those negative filters because those things last a very long time. And again, 
you can't get rid of negative filters, um, negative words, uh, descriptions of people, uh, but it takes it t- can take a long time to do it. Uh, like I said, we're still working from an African American perspective, still working on doing on doing that and trying to make that change occur um, with some successes. And we're seeing more of those images happen. Uh, but also those filters can get into your head. Because while words are just words, how do they get their power? Who gives words power? We do. We determine whether a word will incite us to fight, to argue, argue, will enrage us, will make us happy, will make us sad. We make those decisions. We make those choices. And so I think we have to realize that that words are just that. I give them power in terms of how I perceive them. I give them power in terms of how I react to them, how I relate to them. Uh, so don't give your power away so freely if someone hurls a negative comment towards you. Don't give that word the power that people may, the person who's doing it perceives it has over you. Take control of your own power. Take control of yourself. I think Viktor Frankl uh, in Man's Search for Meaning said, everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Again, you have choices. You can decide what words you're going to give power to and use them in that direction. You can decide what words you're not going to give power to and react and relate in that manner. So the other thing, on the other side of that as well, you know, our friends can continue, but yeah, and maybe this has happened to you. This happens to me a lot. Be, oh, that just happened the other day. Someone's saying, oh, I want you to meet so-and-so. This person is so absolutely wonderful. They're great. You know, you're really going to like them. You're really going to love them. Um, and uh, I think you guys are just going to hit it off. And then you meet that individual and you don't have the same feeling or same reaction. And if you share that information with your friend, they will tell you, or you, they may say, oh, they were just having a bad day. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's not really them. You know, I'm, they, they were just having a bad day. Um, you know, everybody has bad days. So, um, I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure they'll, uh, be better next time, or I'm sure it just caught her off guard. 
You know, I'm sure he was just thinking of something else. You know, I was I was working with a guy, and um, I'm and I was feeling as though people were being very rude um, around us as they were interacting with us. And one of the things he said to me was, "You know, they probably have things on their minds." And I think, well, I've got things on my mind. So if we both have things on our minds, shouldn't we consider that and relate to each other with more compassion, more kindness? That doesn't give us any reason to be rude to each other. But when we're thinking about people or when we feel positive about people, we tend to give them ex- give excuses for their behavior or when the perception that you're getting doesn't match the perception of your friend or the individual who is making the introduction to you uh, of another individual. So that, that's, that's very common. You know, words are only powerful if we give them power. They can inspire us when I think of uh, of that, I think of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Very inspiring. Probably one of the most quoted things, speeches um, that we know. You know, he gives us very picturesque, uses very picturesque words. He takes us to a place where we believe we can go. He paints a picture of our future that we want to see as a human race. Words can do that. Words have the power to do that. And we're going to talk a little more about words when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are tuned into From the Inside Out. To reach Carla Walker or her guest today, call us at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Carla Walker from the inside out at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back. 
Yeah, we're talking about words and, and their power. Um, as we said, words can inspire you to greater heights. Words can also make you laugh. You know, the words are humorous. Comedians have a great way of telling a story of helping us listen to those words. And uh, it's a quote from Albert Einstein, who I wouldn't think of as funny, but I find this quote funny. Two things are infinite, he says, the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. <laughs> oh. Or Mae West, who said, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. Or Mark Twain, who said, never put off till tomorrow what may be done the day after tomorrow just as well. Words can do so many things. They make us, they can evoke laughter. They can evoke humor. You know, they can, you know, you know, Jim Henson, remember the Muppets and uh, creators said, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it may be necessary from time to time to give a stupid or misinformed beholder a black eye. (laughs) Oh, shoot. So... You know, we have so much power in the words that we use. You know, we speak them, we write them, um, we use them in music, uh, we use them uh, uh, to tell stories. You know, what would we do if we didn't have words? You know, what would we do? How would we talk about Life. How would we talk about love? How would we talk about our happiness? What would we do? And I think about that as related to a time maybe when we didn't have words as we know them. Uh, and I know we always go back to, or people always go back and refer to, well, when I was a caveman, or when we were cavemen, you know, we drew pictures. Well, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. That's true. And then we gave pictures meaning. Now, we created words that gave pictures, I mean, pictures, and created words to associate with those pictures because, you know, we have to name it. If we name it, then we can maybe create a solution or we are able to identify it. And when it comes again, we know what that thing is, so we know what it was, uh, and we move forward um, in, in that direction. I like um, this quote uh, that I have here by uh, J.K. Rowling, and uh, she says, "To a well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure." That's an interesting quote to me. I, li- I like it. Because this one, you know, you don't think about, at least I don't think every, everyone does. People don't tend to think as death as an adventure. Um, but again, it's how you use those words. It's, it's the power that you, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're giving uh, uh, that particular word uh, that we're talking about in terms of death. Um, and 
I encourage you, to, and I, I love music and I love songs and things like that. So I would encourage you. I got a book the other day, and it's a new book uh, called Songs of America, Patriotism, Protest, and the Music That Made a Nation, Nation by uh, John Meacham and Tim McGraw. And I tell you, they go through history and identify some of the powerful messages and words and song and how they um, were intertwined with the history of our country uh, that we uh, that we live I mean he there's a quote here by uh, W.E.B. Du Bois it says the battle we rage is not for ourselves alone but for all true Americans and I can just imagine people saying that, you know, and, and if you think of the period of time, this is a period of time when there wasn't any television. So all we had was words. You know, there was nothing on the TV and people looking at it. People actually wrote down words and put sentences together that made sense. Okay, that that had a very clear and current message, you know, when you think about, because the battle hymn of the Republic, mine eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord, but I, I probably messed that up, but, you know, it's a very powerful song when you listen to the words uh, that are associated with it. Um, and as we listen to songs today, and the words that are put into those songs, some of them are are considered very hateful um, and 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 cause us a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. But there's beauty in the music and the and the lyrical uh, melodies of the of the song itself, of the words and how they fit together. Um, our hip hop artists, our rappers today are our poets of yesterday um, and they put their messages into music now mind you I, I didn't say that they were all great poets but to some extent they're poets nonetheless because of how they've been able to rhythmically put together words and music into such a way that it moves people, it moves their audience. And there are some, like I think about Common, who has that very uh, lyrical um, uh, uh, approach uh, in terms of writing his, his words and his music. You know, and as he raps, and you can hear it in this expression, uh, as he performs his art, um, uh, it, it can be very, very powerful in terms of the words that he's using. You know, and they would look at, as I'm looking through this book, it's got music in here from Sam Cooke, you know, who is called the Definitive Soul Man. Um, but uh, I think it's a very interesting read if those of you who who like or words want to look at how uh, America 
songs and um, and the world were connected, how songs impacted or were in every part of our life, uh, particularly over the years as we hear different music and different songs, how they related to what was going on in our country. Uh, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy this. Uh, in fact, I didn't realize... And, I didn't realize one song as I was reading it here. There was a song by um, the animals, and it was called um, uh, We Gotta Get Out of This Place. I, I did not realize until I read this, and maybe I knew it, and it's one of those things I just forgot, but I didn't realize that it was a song uh, which uh, Vietnam veterans recalled as the defining song of the war. I don't remember it that way. I just thought it was, you know, had a good a good hook. It was a good song. I enjoyed singing it. You know, but um, it was written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Well, uh, who were inducted into the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um uh, and they also wrote, um, I believe, uh, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, what was sung by the Righteous Brothers. Um, and they also wrote, I believe, on, on Broadway, which we hear you know, occasionally by the Drifters, but maybe most people know it by George Benson. Um, but uh, We Gotta Get Out of This Place, it says, was an anthem for Vietnam Vietnam soldiers and anti-war protesters. It says, as the story goes, the writers intended to pitch it to the Righteous Brothers and then Mann considered recording it himself. But before he could, the Animals producer, Mickey Most, recorded it. And the lyrics were tweaked and the sound incorporated the working class roots of the band members. And surprisingly, to me, Bruce Springsteen credits this song as one of his biggest influences. So again, how we use words determine how powerful they are or are not. So I just want to say, choose your words wisely. You choose to be happy. You choose to live your life with empathy, with warmth, but don't give away your power. Don't give something, words power that have no meaning or that are going to bring you down. So as we close off, I just want to say thank you for being with me today. Maybe you've got some things to think about. Um, if you get a chance, like I said, pick up the book, uh, The Songs of America. I think you'll enjoy it from the inside out. This is Carla, and I'll surely see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.